Hello and welcome to the First Stand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another great interview for you guys. I'm joined by current BC Lions defensive lineman, Thibaut Debaye. Thibaut, how are we doing today, man? Doing pretty good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, I really want to get into your football journey because it's truly an incredible one. For folks who maybe aren't as familiar, you're not from America. You grew up in Belgium and... Yeah. found football tell me a little bit about how you found football yeah so i pretty much so I, i'm from belgium i'm born in belgium my family and all my friends are uh, still in belgium uh i pretty much grew up with football to be honest because um my dad and his two brothers my uncles they played in the 80s and my my dad's oldest brother he played uh, until he was like 45 he was a, a tackle off tackle so i've always been around football but uh, since American football is not really that popular in Belgium, I started playing soccer first as almost any any young boy in Belgium. Um, and then, so I was just watching games with my dad on, uh, I think we had like, we had a subscription for ESPN America at the time. So we would watch like uh, college football games all the time and some NFL games if we could. And um, go, go I, I would go watch my uncle play as well. So I've always been around it. And then, uh, Around the year of 12, um, I joined the, the team that my uncle was playing for. But at that time, nobody was really playing. Nobody my age was really playing. So I was, I was playing with the big boys, like 20, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds. Um, I was just practicing with them because uh, I couldn't play games yet at that age. Um, and then I think two years after that, they started having the youth league in Belgium too. Um, it was just six on six. And then from there, from there on, it just, it just the love for the sport grew even more. So at 12, you were practicing with grown men. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It was uh, it was rough. It was uh, a hell of a hell of an experience. I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but they didn't they didn't really hold back on me because because I was a 12 year old. They they knew which family, uh, what family I came from. So uh, they really tested me early on. So did you know right there at 12 going against grown men like, hey, I want to do this for as long as possible? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always been. I've been saying since uh, since I was nine years old, even without ever playing a down a snap of football, uh, my dream was to go go to America and play uh, Division One college football. That's always been my obsession throughout my whole childhood. To be honest, did you have a team growing up, whether it be like an NFL or D one college football? Did you have a team that you were like, "Hey, I'm a fan of them"? So when I was younger, I was a really big fan of Chad Johnson, uh, wide receiver for the for the Bengals back in the day. Because uh, I always used to look up his highlight tapes and how he would talk trash and stuff. And I just really liked that about the game, too, how much trash talk there was and, and, and the show aspect of the game. So I don't I do not do any of that stuff, but I always used to, like, yeah, I kind of admire Chad Johnson. And uh, that's where I kind of – he made me fall, fall in love with the game for sure. Well, our fans will resonate with that. We're about an hour and a half outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. So we've yeah. got a lot oh, gotcha. of Bengals fans. Yeah, yeah, he was the man. So you obviously did make it over to America and played Division mm-hmm. One college football. You ended up playing yeah. at Towson University, but yeah. how? So how does that recruiting process go for you? <laughs> obviously, you're in Belgium and they're here in America. So how did that whole process go for you? Yeah, it wasn't really the ordinary um, like a recruitment process that a high school football player would have because I, I never played high school football. I just played uh, club football back in Belgium, and then. Um, 
we would go to like these showcases in Europe um, with like American coaches or whatever. And they would always promise you things like we're going to get you a scholarship. We're going to get you in contact with that dude and that dude. But every time it was a, every time it would lead to a dead end. So I was kind of like at the end of it, I think I was like 17, 18 years old. I was kind of losing hope of getting, of getting to college. We, my parents even tried to do like um, an exchange program with a school, with a school in America, a high school to play my senior year of high school there. Um, that didn't work out. I had to do my senior year of high school over again in Belgium because of that and all that stuff. Um, and then there was a, uh, an all-star game in Europe, a European team. They put up, they, uh, put up a European team against the American high school team. And one of the coaches there, the game was played in, uh, in Germany. And one of the coaches there was Brandon Collier and he played. So he grew up in, um, in the Massachusetts area, I think. Uh, yeah, Massachusetts area. And uh, no, no, also Ohio, my bad. He grew up around Ohio, uh, Cleveland and all that stuff. Um, and uh, he played for the Eagles for a year, I think. And then he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL as well. And after his career in Northern America, he came to Europe to play um, for a team in Germany. And then at the end of his career, uh, his goal was actually to, his, his cool goal and vision was to help uh, European kids get scholarships um, to play in America uh, because he saw the talent that, that European players had. And um, after the game, so he was a ref there, he saw me play. After the game, he, um, he approached me, approached my parents, explained what his vision and his goals were. And then that summer we went on, a, so we went, to, we went to America, visited a couple of schools and uh, Towson was one of them. And at Towson, we just showed up, we walked into the, um, we walked into the field house, introduced ourselves to the uh, coaches and my future D-line coach at Towson was there at the moment. Um, and he had, he had nothing to do. Um, and he was kind enough to put me through like a, a D-line workout. And then after the workout, I think it was like two or three hours long because they had to do stuff for the fullbacks too. After the workout, they uh, review, reviewed my film that I had from playing in Europe. And then after that, they offered me. So they basically didn't know who I was, but they were impressed with, with the workout I did and the, and the, in the game film, and that's when they offered me. So did you, was it Towson all the way, or did you take a look at any other schools and entertain so, any other offers? Yeah, I had I only had uh, two offers. So one, one was from Towson, and one was from Albany, um, which is closer to New York, I think. Um, and I actually went on an official visit to Towson. That's the only official visit I did. I, I did it with my uh, dad. And after that weekend, spending spending with the players and the coaches, talking to the coaches, seeing the game, seeing the campus, where I was going to live, and all that stuff, I just felt really comfortable and, and welcome too. Because I'm a I'm not American. They 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 really treated me like I was one of their own. So uh, that's why I, why I committed at Towson uh, to Towson at that moment. And also because Towson is uh, it's always Division One AA, and in my mind I had the. Uh, I was thinking that the chances of me actually seeing the field, uh, like seeing uh, having play time and becoming a starter was realistically was bigger than going to like, like you say, a big Alabama, like Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State. So that was also why I chose for Towson. So when you get to Towson, was there a learning curve involved? Obviously, you've been playing football for a while. Yeah. What was the learning process like for you when you stepped on campus? Yeah, yeah. So I stepped on campus spring 2017. So for spring football, I was there and I uh, quickly noticed that everybody was stronger, faster, more agile. They understood the game a lot better than the players back in uh, Europe. 
And just to also learn learning the playbook was really important for me because I never really had a that a very complex playbook in my uh, in my career in, in Europe. So it was definitely a big learning curve. But having that spring football uh, really helped me out to adjust to the speed of the game and how strong everybody is. And yeah, it's definitely a big. It was definitely a big jump from playing in Europe. You know, and you guys played a legit schedule. I, I believe your last year there in 2019, you guys played Florida, and at the time. Florida yeah. had a couple guys who were doing some things in the league now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle Pitts, I think, was their tight end. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, what was it like seeing that talent up close and personal? Oh, that, that game was actually that's probably my in my college career that was probably my, my most memorable game because it was just the stadium was packed. It was jumping. It was just a, a really fun experience to be honest. And and being from a, a small Towson was a small school. We actually did. In my eyes, we did pretty good against Florida because I think at half we were still pretty close. We got into the red zone a couple of times, but we just couldn't compensate from those red zone trips. But we we actually did pretty good against uh, Florida. So I want to ask you, because obviously a lot of our listeners have, you know, never been to Belgium. So I want to ask you, what was what what's the biggest difference between, you know, the American life that you lived while you were in college and life in Belgium? Yeah, in America is when, when I first got there. I've been to America in like I think 2012, also for a football camp, and I, we we both quickly noticed my my dad and my uncle were at, on that trip too. That everything's just bigger in America. Like the 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 highways are bigger, the malls are huge, uh, fast food everywhere. Um, the the people are bigger too. It sounds rude, but that's just what it is. Um, people are also a lot more friendly in America. Like they'll they'll help you and they're friendly. They say hi, blah 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 blah. Um, if you have a question, they'll help you out too. And back home, it's you know people are not are not as talkative as as, as Americans are. So you obviously you know had a successful career at Towson, but it got cut short because of COVID. Yeah. What yes. you know when the pandemic broke out, you went back home to finish your studies online. What mm-hmm. was going through your head though when all that broke out? Because I mean, by all reports, that twenty twenty season was really going to be your you know, breakout year, you yeah. started nine games the season prior. So what went through your head when all that happened? Yeah. Uh, I just kind of went with the flow, you know, because there there was nothing I could change at that time. There's nothing in my power that I could do for, for that season to come back. So I just kept on working out. I did all the, our strength and conditioning coach at Towson. He used to send us workouts that we could do. And uh, I did all those workouts. I made sure I, I stayed in shape, make sure I got stronger and faster. Um, yeah, that's about it, to be honest. I just I just rolled with it. I just I didn't let it affect me too much. So then once you finish up your studies, you decide to keep the career rolling and end up getting drafted in the CFL by the Edmonton yeah. Elks. What was that process like leading up to the draft for you? Yeah. Yeah, I still remember the, the moment I got the email saying that, that um, uh, I was in the CFL Global Draft. It was just very a very happy moment for me because all the hard work from – during the pandemic year paid off and uh I was I was because I was still working out I, w- I was pretty well prepared for the for the uh combine and all that stuff too so it was just a a relieving moment to be honest because I I knew there were there was still a chance that my um football career after college would w- wouldn't stop yet and everything I've read about that workout is uh you kind of took it by storm I, I read something about what was it 31 bench reps you put yeah, up yeah, 31 30, on the bench press? Yeah, 31 of them, yep. So what was that moment like when you find out, hey, 
I, I'm not only in the draft, but Edmonton just drafted me. What was that moment yeah. like for you? Uh, so um, it was me. It was just me surrounded by my uh, mom and dad and my sister, and it was like a, a, it wasn't like a big show like the NFL is. Like it's live on TV. It was just like a, a um, just like a forum, and you had to update it every couple of seconds to see who got picked. And then we updated it, and then all of a sudden we see 20th pick team with the Hawaii Edmonton Elks, and I was just really happy. I was just smiling from from ear to ear, and my mom started crying, my sister started crying, my dad was really happy too because. My parents have have put in so much effort for for me to get to get where I am, and at that time it just felt like it all like all their hard work paid off, and I was just really happy that I that I made them proud as well. You know, and you talk about that work that your parents put in. I was reading, yeah. you know, you what folks don't realize is this wasn't like you know a lot of high school athletes. We get recruited, we go to on the college visit, and we we just drive our vehicle down there and we move mm-hmm. in. You had to go through yeah. visa paperwork and getting approval to even come. Yeah. What what was all of that process like? Yeah, I mean, that would be it would be better if my dad was here with us because he legit did all of that stuff. Like I didn't have to worry about anything. He uh he did it all by himself. He stayed up a lot of nights throughout the night, um, just to get it figured out because we had to get my grades from high school translated to uh, American grades, and then we had to go to Brussels to to do to the uh, American embassy. And uh, yeah, he made it really easy for me. He he just told me to focus on working out and getting better, and that's about it, to be honest. Yeah, and without so, him, I I wouldn't get there. I mean, and that's that just shows that you know this wasn't you know it was not only your dream, but it was your parents' dream too. And you know, yeah, you yeah, know, they're yeah, course, they're getting yeah. to live it through you now. You went to Edmonton, and week one, you're on the team, you're making an impact. Yeah. What was that mm-hmm. moment like? You step on the field, you know. Like you said, the the NFL maybe does it a little bit bigger, but the CFL yeah. is still quite the production. Oh, yeah. It's really gained some respect here in the last few years. So, what was that like? Your first professional game? Yeah, it was like, uh, of course, I was happy, but at the same time, like I, I was I was dressing and all that stuff, but most of the time I was on the sidelines. So, um, like I was happy that I made my pro debut, but. I didn't see the field as much. So it was like kind of like, uh, you know, I was happy, but at the same time, I was like sad too because I didn't really see the field that much. After putting in a lot of work during training camp and showing the coaches what I could do. Um, but again, that's something that I really can't control. And I just kept rolling with it like I always do. You know, and you played a few games with Edmonton, but then unfortunately mm-hmm. you ended up getting released. What was that moment like when – you know, you find out, hey, the Elks are letting me go. What what was that yeah. moment like, and what were the feelings? Yeah, so that 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 moment kind of I didn't see it coming at all because the 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 club the the team didn't reach out to me at all, so I had no clue. One night, I just got home from the gym. I'm just chilling in the uh, in the in the couch with my dad, um, and I go on Twitter and it says Edmonton Elks transactions. Um, uh, the Bayou released, and then uh, the two other global players released as well and I was like damn that that really just happened it can happen that quick but you know there's again they released me there's nothing I can do at that at time at that, at that time to change it so I just kept on working and that's about it to be honest I didn't really bother I mean I was hurt because they didn't really like they didn't really tell me or warn me or whatever which was the call you or the email you I didn't get any of that but after um, the next day I was just back in the gym working you know, and you used it to kind of fuel the fire and picked up, you know, 
got landed right back on your feet. You ended up signing with the team we've actually covered a few times on yeah. the show, the Potsdam Royals of the GFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get connected with them, and what was the feelings like when you're like, wow, I'm a pro athlete on my home continent now? Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. I've been talking to uh, David for, for from the Potsdam Royals for a while. Uh, since I since I was in college, he he reached out to me and all that stuff, and um, then he saw that I got uh, released, and then we started talking again. And a couple of weeks after, I I, uh, I signed with them. Then I went to Germany for about I think I was there for about two weeks for training camp before the season, and then one night after practice, uh, I come back in in the locker room. I check my phone, check my emails, and I see a uh, email from Coach Rick, my head coach now for the BC Lions, that they want to sign me. So from that moment on, it went pretty quickly. I told him that I was uh, that I was going to sign, sign the paperwork, and then flew. I think two days after, I, f- I flew home to Belgium for a couple of days, and then I was on my way to Canada again. So what was that feeling like? You're in the locker room. You think, hey, I'm preparing for a GFL season, and mm-hmm. then you find out, hey, no, I can go back to Canada. What was going through your head at that moment? Yeah, it was kind of like to be honest, it was it, it was it was a harder decision than I thought it would have been because I always thought, yeah, if I get a uh, another shot at the CFL, I'm gonna go straight away. But seeing how good of a team we had with Potsdam and um, they made it all the way to the finals this year, I would have I would have loved to be a be, be a part of that of that journey as well. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was a really hard decision to actually uh, sign for BC. But um, I'm glad I did it to be honest. I was going to say, you guys have had a little bit of success yourself. You guys mm-hmm. are uh, getting ready to play this upcoming weekend for a shot to uh, play for the Grey Cup. So, yeah, what was it like, you know, you get into BC and, you know, BC's got a darn good football team with mm-hmm. a lot of big names, guys like Vernon Adam Jr. at quarterback, Nathan yeah, yeah, at yeah. quarterback. Mm-hmm. What was it like going up against guys like that at practice every day? Yeah, um, so we actually our training camp we held at uh, Kamloops, and I just I just took every day, but I just took uh, training camp day by day, try to make some plays, try to impress the coaches, and basically the same thing I did last year with, with Edmonton during training camp. But this time around, I felt that uh, my defensive line coach and my DC they actually trusted me and trusted my capabilities, and um, yeah, I made the active roster out of training camp as well. And um, since the first game, I knew it was going to be a different season because I actually, I've actually been getting like fifty percent of all the of all the game reps, which which we the um, the D D line has a good rotation going. One one drive, the first D line go in, and the second drive, the second D line go in, and we keep that rolling all game long. So there's fresh bodies in there. So from the first game on, I knew it was going to be uh, a very fun season for me and, and for the team as well. So talk about, you know, the success you guys have had this year. You guys got a crazy high-powered offense, multiple guys yeah. with 1,000 receiving yards. So what what's it like going against that offense every day? I mean, you guys got to be going against some of the best in the oh, CFL yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah, training camp was crazy. Like those our wide receivers like Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead, uh, Keon Hatcher, Dominic Grimes, they were making like ridiculous. Ridiculous catches! I was like, "Damn, this is crazy!" Like we would get a very good pass rush, and of course, during training camp, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get close to the QB. So then we just let off. But then the the balls that Nathan that Nathan throws to these wide receivers in very tight windows, just on a on a line, is is something something I've never seen before live. Even in, even in college, it's yeah, Nathan and our wide receivers and our O line is uh, top of the notch, to be honest. But like we alluded to, you guys are getting ready to prepare for a game that if you win, you're going to the Grey Cup. So talk about yeah 
you know, what that preparation is like and what, what has been the vibe around the team? To be honest, the, the vibe and the mindset all season has been the same for us. We just take every, every we just take every week by week. We prepare the same way. We don't get hyped up even more for like yesterday we played for the West semifinals against Stampeders, which we won. Um and the week of preparation was just the same as it's always been. We uh we it's not like we live up to the big moments. We've been kind of on a steady level throughout the whole season. We've been playing our, our 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 best football as we as we can as a team, and that's about it. You know, we don't we we just keep our two feet on the ground and just keep keep on grinding every every single game. So you got to see when you played, you know, at Towson, and you guys went up against Florida. You got to see what a big American football crowd is like. Tell us what yeah. what's the fan interaction like playing in the CFL. Oh, yesterday was absolutely amazing, and I think a big part of our win is also because of the fans. Because we played uh, we played a dome, and it was absolutely. I think there were like between thirty five or forty thousand people there, just screaming their lungs out, and it was the atmosphere was absolutely amazing, and that that gives us more energy as well to play to play our best uh, football for those uh, loyal fans. So yesterday was absolutely amazing. And fans here are crazy. Like Winnipeg fans are crazy. Saskatchewan fans are crazy. And they, they really love uh, uh, American football too, Canadian football too. You know, and that's what I think people don't understand is, you know, everyone assumes that Canada is a hockey country, but uh, mm-hmm. the CFL has a loyal following there. I want to talk oh, a little yeah. bit about the rules because the CFL has a little bit of different rules. So yeah, what were some of the adjustments you had to obviously playing, you know, at Towson, you played NCAA rules. So what was the adjustment mm-hmm. when you got to the CFL? What rules were different? Yeah, so for the for the defensive line, we have to be one yard off the line of scrimmage. So that's a huge, uh, a huge change change for any defensive lineman coming from the States or coming from uh Europe that you have to be yard off the ball. It changes the way you attack the path, attack the run, it changes the way you attack uh you set up your passwords. So um, yeah, it definitely it definitely takes a while. I'm still learning to get better at my passwords or defending the run, but that's probably the biggest part for uh, the biggest uh, change for D linemen. And then also, there's only three downs. So anybody who's who watched to see a CFL game, the the pace is really quick. Like you got the offense is going. All of a sudden, you see the point point on the field. Then it's all other offense on the field again. It goes really quickly, and the the field is also wider and bigger. Like wider and longer, so there's a lot of running involved too. Um, so you got to make sure your stamina is um, up to par too. So when you oh, were, and also to it's 12, 12 feet twelve as well. It's not eleven versus eleven. It's twelve feet twelve. Oh wow! So there's there's a whole extra person in the mm-hmm. Yep. When you were growing up, you talked about how you grew up still watching American football. Was there yeah. any guys growing up that you? would watch on the TV and be like, hey, I want to play like him? Or was there anybody yeah. you tried to emulate their game at all? Uh, Not really, to be honest. No, not really. It's not, I mean, I'll, I'll see like a nice, like uh, a nice pass rush from a, from a defensive lineman. I tried to emulate it. But to be honest, I just tried to be my my own player and use my own strengths to, to get to the quarterback or to get to the running back, to be honest. But there's also, there's always players that you look up to like, um, when I was younger, I also saw a lot of game film on Harvey Long from the Raiders on how he played and how reckless he was, and he just didn't fear anybody or anything, and he just went straight through guys, and that's what I tried to uh, 
do during the game too. So how different is the Canadian lifestyle from what you were used to in Belgium and what you got used to in America? Um, Canadian people, I, th- I think um, everybody who's been to Canada will say that Canadian people are very, very friendly, um, even more friendly than the Americans, to be honest. Uh, uh, a lot of nature here, too. Uh, the nature here is beautiful. I'm, I'm, I live in Vancouver. We can see the mountains. There's a very nice downtown area. We have beaches. So it's just a very nice place to live in, to be honest. So I want to get in a little bit to, you know, just your position specifically. You alluded to your D yeah. lineman, and the way you yeah. play is mean, nasty, and physical. I mean, mm-hmm. watching your film, it, you know, you've alluded to it. You've been hitting grown men since you were 12. So there's yeah, yeah. in your game. So no. you, I want to, you know, get into that. What Did that just come from being a 12-year-old hitting grown men? Or was there – what got you to that point where you're like, whoever I'm lined up across from, yeah. I'm going to hit them with everything I got? It's kind of – I think it's kind of something that my dad instilled into me early because American football is a, is a very physical sport. And he, he was a fullback back in his day. And he said when he when he played uh, when he was playing he just wanted to run through somebody and try to hurt him as bad as possible and uh, yeah I think it kind of came natural to me I, I never really was scared of making a tackle or running through somebody it's uh, yeah it's 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 something that has always been there for me to be honest so getting back to you know the European you know football scene a lot of people don't understand that there is some serious talent over in Europe that's coming over to America and making some big impacts in college. You know, we had Samuel Oram Jones on who's from the United Kingdom and ended up playing at USC, you know, can you touch on a little bit, you know, what's currently going on in Europe to help guys get opportunities to come over here and make a name for themselves? Yeah. So um, the person who helped me, Brandon Collier, I was his, I was the first kid he helped um get, getting a d1 scholarship from from straight to europe to america and now he has a whole uh he has a whole uh network his company's called ppi recruit and i think he's helped like over 150 kids now getting getting uh scholarships and it's not just because they're european it's just it's because they have the talent they have the size they have the strength they have the speed to compete in uh to compete in uh on the highest level of american football in uh in college so that's what's going on right now. He has dudes at Ohio State, at Michigan, Notre Dame. And it's not just like D linemen and offensive linemen. He has cornerbacks too. He has uh, running backs too. He has all positions. You know, we've seen guys like Bernard Ryman, who is from Europe, had a nice career with Central Michigan, and now yeah. he's an Indianapolis Colt. So it's – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's legit talent. I want to ask you – I mean, because you, you were a first for Belgium. You know, there wasn't yeah. – pro athlete you know pro football players prior mm-hmm. to you so what was that yeah. what 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 is that feeling like you know knowing like hey I, I showed that we have the talent here in Belgium too yeah yeah um it's not really something of course I'm proud of that that I'm the the first one but I, I'd like to see since I since I've shown that it's possible I would love to see more kids and, and more Belgian kids in college because I know I definitely know we have the talent for a small country but we have the talent we have um Sylvain Yundion at Georgia Tech now, he's doing great. He's starting on their defensive lineman. And Matej Lazur, he plays for William & Mary. He's a running back there. So it's great to see uh, those kids follow in my my footstep. And they'll definitely definitely have a shot to play at the the next level too, to be honest. 
Um, so yeah, it's been it's been great so far. So I gotta ask you, what what was better, an American burger or the food in Belgium? Because I, I I heard you say we've got a lot more fast food, and I I know that's yeah, yeah. I got about ten within a mile of me. Yeah. No, the, my favorite fast food, to be honest, that we don't have in uh, Europe is uh, my favorite is Wendy's, just a uh, double baconator. Uh, uh, yeah, I love that stuff. After after a game, I, I could devour like two of those. So uh, Wendy's is definitely the best. But I still like my mom's home cooking over a Wendy's burger, to be honest. I miss that a lot. My son loves the Wendy's chicken nuggets. So uh, good choice yeah. there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tiva, I want to transition because on this show, we really love to give advice to high school kids. And you, are in the unique position of, you know, having been a European prospect coming to America. I yeah. want to, I want to start though with having you give advice to a high school age defensive lineman, you know, yeah. if you could talk to a younger kid who has made the decision, Hey, I want to play college football and I want to play on the D line. Yeah. What would you tell them to really focus on if they want to make sure their game is good enough to play in college? Yeah. Like, like I said before, I made that decision for me at a very early age. I don't know why that was my decision to – I don't know why I was so obsessed with playing college ball, but once I um, made my mind up, I just did everything in my power that I could, that I could do to, uh, to play college football, and I was just obsessed with that dream of one day getting a scholarship, and I thought about it every single day, every hour, every minute. I did Every day I, I went to the gym, I made sure – um, I was fast enough. I was strong enough because for a European kid, you got to make sure you stand out at, at something. And for me, it was for me personally, it was my my, my strength. So um, I made sure I, I I worked out a lot. I did every absolutely everything in my power to uh, to reach my my final goal. And if you're obsessed with something that much, the only thing that will happen is it will your dream will come true because you're so obsessed with it and. Um, you see it with other, you see it in other sports too. Just dudes obsessed with their dream, and and it finally comes true. But for those for those dudes, and for for me, it might sound like cocky, but it didn't come as a as a surprise because for me, I already had this. I had to see. I visualized my my future already, and uh, I just did everything I could to to make it come true and and not let my my parents down. So when you were growing up as a kid, and you were telling you know your friends, probably a lot of them, I assume, were playing soccer what, yeah, what were your yeah. friends thinking when you were like no no i'm gonna go be a d lineman in america oh uh, I, would, I would talk about it all the time how i want to go to college and and even my my, my teachers my PE teachers they were like oh yeah you, you're, you're just talking a lot of crap or whatever but i never let it affect me even in even in uh, uh elementary school we had to do this assignment where you, where you'd say where you would have to tell about your future and what your future job is and mine was american football play and they were like yeah but you got to choose something different you got to choose something real and for me, that was real, you know, and um, yeah, that, that's a, that's about it to be honest. Uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to end by asking you, you know, on this show, we're big on proving to people that you don't have to be from the powerhouse programs or the powerhouse, you know, here in America, everybody knows Texas high school football produces yeah. the best talent, but on this show, we like to prove that there's talent everywhere. And, you know, I want to let you specifically kind of tell people about the talent in Europe. If, if you could educate yeah. an American fan on the football talent in Europe, what would you want people here in the States to know about the talent that's over there? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, like um, the game of football, like if, if you would watch a European game at any level, there's always like a little, 
it's not going to be as high as like a high school football or college football, but you always have these certain uh, players on every team that could definitely play uh, college football. And that doesn't mean you get, it doesn't mean you have to play high school football in order to get a, a scholarship in America. I'm the living example of it. I never played high school football, but I just did everything in my power to make that dream come true. And uh, there's definitely a, a, a hundreds or 200, a hundred, hundreds of kids in, in Europe running around now that, and if they if they dedicate their whole life to to that goal, they definitely can play college football and, and even at, at an Alabama or Ohio State because all those big schools have international players too. So it's uh it's definitely possible, but a lot of hard work goes into it and dedication and and anything's possible too, to be honest. And that's for everything in life. Tebow, it's been an absolute blast to have you on, man. I wish you the best of the luck the rest of the season and can't wait to see what the rest of your career holds, man. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, man. Absolute blast. But folks, that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a